Welcome to Unleash Your Supernova Live. I'm your host, Nova Lorraine, and author of Unleash Your Supernova. I'm also a mother of four, the founder of Rain Magazine, Pink Kangaroo, the Rain School of Fashion, and Nova Lorraine International. I am here with one of my favorite people in the world, my co-host, Ryan Anderson, founder of Ryan Esquire, a business and peak performance coaching and consulting company. He'll be joining me as my partner in crime as we help you unleash your supernova. If you end up liking Ryan as much as I do, you can get more by checking out ryanesquire.com. That's Ryan with an O-R-Y-O-N, Esquire.com. Join the fun live every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern as we help you increase creativity, beat burnout, and happily survive the roller coaster of creative entrepreneurship. This is a companion show to the book, Unleash Your Supernova, your go-to guide for immediately usable tips on mindset, creativity hacks, decreasing stress, and unlocking your limitless potential. If you miss us, miss us on Fridays on BBS Radio, no problem. Make sure to download and subscribe to the Unleash Your Supernova podcast. Hey, Ryan. How's it going, Nova? I'm good. I'm good. You ready for another show? I am. I am. I, I have a quick question, though. Were, were, were you going for your uh, sex and relationship expert voice there in the intro or, <laughs> or, 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 or not? <laughs> Did you like that? Did you like it? Should I did. I, I did. Time? You know, I, I'm, I, feel, I feel very turned on and, and ready to have an amazing show now. So, yeah, I did. I did. It was, it was definitely a oh, new man. Well, intro. So, we'll see how it goes. Oh, man. All right. Let's, let's see how it goes. Oh, man. You know what? I literally just came from um, watching my daughter's dance competition. And yeah? How'd it go? It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Amazing. It was so awesome. I mean, it's it's been, I don't know, over a year since I've been to a public oh, wow. um, venue. And everyone was six feet apart. There wasn't really many people there because they only allowed one family member to attend. Right. Um, but that was fine. And everyone had masks and everything else. And, but the girls were phenomenal. And they did have some male dancers, too, which was really nice to see. And it was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. It was just a ton of fun. I was really inspired. I love dance as a form of expression. I used to dance once upon yeah. a time. You know, mm-hmm. I dance in the shower still, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. um kind of goes yeah, with the intro. So, you know? It was a good yeah. time. <laughs> it goes with my intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So what are you, what are you up to today? Oh, uh, it's been a busy, it's been a crazy busy day. Uh, I mean, you know, between clients and uh, this, this kind of like an intro phone call with somebody, and then uh, I, I'm I was, I was listening to a bunch of podcasts, and uh, some of them really inspired me. So not only did I listen to podcasts, but I like completely rewrote like my marketing message based on some of the podcasts that I heard, just because it, it I didn't want to lose like the creative juices and the ideas that I had, and um, so mm-hmm. I. I work mm-hmm. to like, you know, 6.30 my time, uh, just getting all that stuff done because I didn't want to forget it. And it's so funny because when I started doing what I'm doing, like my goal was, you know, four days a week, Friday's off. Fridays are my busiest mm-hmm. freaking mm-hmm. days, which I think I've mentioned before. Right? And it's crazy for some reason. I, I must have like flow Friday because I, I get inspired 
quite frequently on Friday to make like massive changes that take time, right? So yeah, Fridays yeah, are not yeah. you know calm days for me. You know that's so funny. Good. I had a conversation earlier today with another entrepreneur, and it was about midday. It was like twelve thirty, mm-hmm. and um, he was like, "How was your day?" And I was like. I am exhausted, and it's only twelve thirty, mm-hmm. and it's a Friday. Mm-hmm. And same, mm-hmm. like usually, my Fridays are my chill day. It was like catch up with everything that you know went on for the week, kind of decompress, use it more as a creative day. But as of lately, like just mm-hmm. meetings and calls and projects have been creeping up in my Fridays. So I am literally yep. exhausted <laughs> by the end yeah. of Friday. Yeah, yeah. My Thursdays oh, my I have goodness. nothing to do, but my Fridays are. Jam-packed. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely starting to create blocks of time that I'm protecting yeah. during the week just so I have that stamina you have to, to, you know, mm-hmm. run through mm-hmm. until Friday. And you know what I'm going to try, though? Because I was talking to another entrepreneur this morning that says he gets up at 4 in the morning. 4 a.m. Yep. And yep. I, I, I actually know another guy that does do that. It. Mm-hmm. I yeah, did. and he's like, I get my yep. workout yep. in. I work out for about an yep. hour, hour and a half. And <laughs> I was like, well, what time do you go to bed? And he's like, yeah, you know, like 10, you know, 10, maybe 11 at the latest. I was like, okay, that's not so bad. <laughs> I was inspired. I was like, mm, I need to step it up a you little bit. Maybe I'll get up so at two points. Yeah, two points about uh-huh. that. So when I was in law school, there were a couple days a week that I got up at 4.20 in the morning. Because I had to call classes. And I got up, same reason, I got up early, I got up to work out before class because I knew it was the one time of day that I could control that, you know, class wasn't going to come up, you know, opportunity to go grab lunch or dinner with a friend wasn't going to come up, right? And it was, and that right? kind of the same philosophy that a lot of entrepreneurs do, you know, you know uh, people aren't going to be calling. Kids aren't going to be interrupting you, right? Um, like, who the hell's up at 4.20 in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning who's in their right mind, right? And, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of, like, okay, that all logically makes sense in a vacuum, right? But the reality is you have to do what, like, especially for, like, creatives like you and me, you have to do what works best for your biological rhythms. And, you know, if you can have 4 o'clock in the morning all you want to, but if you're going to be, like, not, if that's going to affect your creativity um, or, that, mm-hmm. or if your creativity is until, like, 1 or 2 in the afternoon, like, that's going to kill everything because, like, you know, it's not going to be the most productive time of day for you. And that's something like, like that's what always gets me about, like, some of that self-help stuff is, you know, um, it sounds great, but, you know, it doesn't take, it doesn't factor in the individual factors, right? And the other thing is, like, there's been so much research on sleep, right? And, 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 and I mean, all the research says, like, you, like, seven to eight hours, and that's pretty consistent among all people. Um, to really perform like optimally, seven to eight hours. Um, anything less than that consistently, you know, it's it's about like dr- uh, dr- drinking and driving as far as like how it affects performance. <laughs> and um, you know, Americans pride themselves on um, you know how little sleep they get and how busy they are. Great, but how good is your work? You know, <laughs> that's always my question, right? So. Well, you know what? There's another entrepreneur that I know who's on the West Coast, and he does definitely the 4 a.m. grind. And he said he just loves the fact that he's working while everyone mm-hmm. else is sleeping. Like, he just yeah. loves yeah. that. And he's it like, yeah, I'm great. getting ahead because yeah. while you're asleep, I'm working. But he yep. also takes naps. So he does this. He's, you know, studied Nic- Nicola. So while Nicola I'm working, Tesla. he's asleep. 
He never says that part of it, does he? He never says that part of it, does he? But, but no, like he will. He likes that idea of doing the spurts, you know, being awake yeah. and then taking those daytime naps. And and for some yeah. people, it works really well. I just it I works. find it fascinating mm-hmm. that. I'm definitely a sun person. Like I, my body wakes up. I naturally get up with the sunshine, with the sunrise. Yep. And so yep. it's just fascinating that people can get up. It's pitch dark for hours and they're like mm-hmm. wide awake and ready to go two, mm-hmm. three hours before the sunrise. It just blows my mind, but I'm inspired. Yeah, no. I will be trying the 5 a.m. thing on a regular basis. Okay. We'll see. I'll check in with okay. you. You know, ask we'll me check in on Friday. Week. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. We'll yeah. check in on Friday. Yeah. We'll check in on Friday. I'll be like, I'll be like so, how's it going, Nova? I've been up since 5 a.m. <laughs> this has been the longest <laughs> week ever. <laughs> Does anybody know how early 5 a.m. is? The roosters aren't even growing yet. Yeah. Because <laughs> those of you that don't, oh, don't know, Nova lives in Amish country and there's lots of, uh, lots of roosters there. Lots of roosters. Lots, lots of, roosters of roosters and lots of manure. It's the fragrance <laughs> of springtime around here. I'm like, oh, yeah, that. Like, I, I, I'm surprised. Every time when I step outside and I smell, like, okay, there's a lot of farms. There's a lot of um, mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. farms around yeah. us. Yeah. But yeah. when you get hit in the face with oh, yeah. the woof of, you know, and if you don't grow up around, I didn't grow up around here. I'm like, what the? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, right. I grew up on a dairy. Season. I mean, Kiss I grew up on a dairy. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. My dad was always like, <laughs> smells like money. I'm like, yeah, you definitely got a tumor going for it. It doesn't like money to anybody else but you. So, yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to go over mindset, not just any type of mindset, but the athletic mindset. And this is mm-hmm. something that I love to talk about. Um, of course, I, I talk about it in the book and Unleash Your Supernova because I think it's so important for us to really awaken, is what I call it, awaken the inner athlete. Like You do not have yeah. to be an athlete to understand the concept of how to awaken that inner athlete. And I, I feel yep. it's a game changer when it comes to entrepreneurship. So I definitely want to touch on that. And, uh, you know, for those of you that don't know me personally, I was an athlete throughout my, all of my, uh, you know, career in school. Um, I try, I try to stay fit. I run, I, I do my workouts, I do weight training, and I just absolutely love the idea of staying physically strong because it really does impact your mental health as well. And, um, but we're going to focus more on not so much you know, how fitness will impact your mindset, but how everyone can tap into what I'm calling that inner athlete and the athletic mindset. So I'm going to let you chime in because I know um, you have a background as it relates to sports and being an athlete as well. So mm-hmm. I'd love for you to share that. <sighs> yeah. You want to share my background as far as sports or what my Yeah, were? yeah. Yeah. So, and your love of sports um, and all that jazz. Yeah, so, uh, you know, my background in sports as far as, like, you know, actually getting to play, play competitively is, was, is unfortunately short because, you know, I, I, you know, randomly got sick, lost my vision at 11. But up until then, you know, my goal in life was being an NFL quarterback. So sports have always been a huge part of, you know, who I am, really my identity. I, I, I love competition. Um, I, I love going, like, like basically pitting yourself against somebody else and, and seeing, like, who's going to win, and then, you know, like, if you lose, figure out why you lost, and, like, bounce back up and, and, and figure out how to beat them. I just I just love that. 
and it's immediate feedback, right? Like you know whether or not you won or lost, whatever that, whether it's a a play or or a, a, a um, I guess mostly a play, right? But um, it, it's immediate feedback, and you and which is so crucial to like quick learning because you, you immediately know this worked, this didn't work, and you figure out why. Um, and I also love just the you know. It's 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 the the, the working with the team and, and really because it's so crucial to like you know success now, um and in life and business and, and it really shows you teamwork but not 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 just working with somebody else but working with people who have different skill sets than you right that are complementary skill sets it, it just really it really shows you that humans were built as a cooperative species. And that, you know, we really can conquer so much more together, right? Working together, mm-hmm. like focused on a goal as a unit. Like we can conquer so much more that way than we ever can individually, right? So um, I really love, like you think the athlete mindset because it is competitive. And what it really is, is it, it's always looking for that edge, you know, a way to overcome a challenge or, you know, beat your competitors or, you know, unify your team behind a goal um, to overcome whatever challenge you have, right? And I, I just really right. love that mindset. That, 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 I, guess, I guess it's just that, 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 that drive to always be – it's not always being better. It's, it's a, at very least, it's a drive to continually be improving, right, to, to, be, to be making right. continual progress, right? So. No, I agree. I agree. And – you know, four of the things that I'd like us to cover that I bring up in the book are, one, conquering failure as it relates to awakening your inner athlete. Two, challenging yourself. Three, taking risks. And four, being truthful. And, you know, some people may be wondering, well, what does that have to do with <laughs> mm-hmm. awakening mm-hmm. your inner athlete? Well, we're going to we're gonna get to that. But I want to, um, you know, Ryan and I both love sports. And we took that journey as an athlete so we can understand, you know, what these concepts are. But for those that aren't athletes, I really want to make clear how you can bring these concepts into what you're doing as it relates to entrepreneurship. And so, you know, being fans of sports, and I also have four children who are competitive athletes, and um, I follow a lot of really great athletes, and I love hearing their story. And some of those stories... and. You know, I know, Ryan, you have your favorite, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'll have you mm-hmm. share as well. Um, but being a mom of gymnasts, I'm going to naturally share a story that I always thought was inspiring. And, you know, my children have dabbled in soccer, basketball, um, of course, gymnastics, track and field, dance. You know, I still have a, a child that does competitive dance. And... My husband's a martial artist. I did dance. I did gymnastics. I did volleyball, softball, track and field, mm-hmm. and then college cheer. So it was a, a great time being able to experience all those different sports and all of these, um, you know, traits and characteristics that we're going to talk about. All of these elements were true for every single experience and for every single mm-hmm. sport. So I'm going to share my Mary Lou story. And then I'm going to let you share one of your favorite athletes, and and then we can jump into some of these elements that I that I was just talking about. But okay. Mary Lou, as we know, was the first American to win that gold medal, the Olympic all-around gold medal, and um, was very fortunate to when I was with my one of my children, my older daughter, 
who mm-hmm. is a college gymnast, to meet Mary Lou Retton in person. And oh, wow. That was, there was just four of us on this private shuttle from the hotel to a competition where her daughters were also competing at the same competition that my daughter was competing. And mm-hmm. I remember we were in the yeah. lobby. No, no, it wasn't. We were in the lobby, and I was like, she looks familiar. And then my daughter and one of her very good friends <clears throat> comes around the corner, and I'm giving them the eye, and I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep my cool. And I'm like, hey, hey, like trying to like tilt my head so they could see that it's mm-hmm. Mary Lou that's standing right next to me. And then their eyes get wide, and I, I you know, went, um, turned to her and said, can we just take a photo with you? Absolutely adore you. And she's like, oh, sure. She was so kind, so gracious. And then we just chatted it up on the way to the competition. So that's my uh-huh. Mary Lou Retton story. But anyway, prior to the Olympics, um, the, the, you know, the infamous uh, competition that put her on the Wheaties box, she actually was an alternate on the Olympic national team. And the, there was an individual gymnast that was training, you know, after Olympic trials, training to then be ready to compete at the Olympics and had gotten hurt. Mary Lou Retton took her place on the team. And then Mary Lou Retton actually had an injury that needed surgery. And so here she is recovering after, after surgery and still going into this competition to take the all around. And that's what, you know, in terms of mindset, like how powerful uh-huh. it is. You know, and to be able to be persistent and determined no matter no matter what the obstacle that's in front of you. And Gabby Douglas is an excellent story. Had the pleasure of interviewing her um, a few years ago. And and for those of you that have gotten her book, who've seen her interviews, I mean, talking talk about a triumphant story. And she, I mean, she had every obstacle in front of her. And she won the Olympic trials, not only won the Olympic trials to guarantee her a spot on the team as, you know, someone that came out of nowhere, beat the world champion, the defending world champion, to head the Olympics and then be the first woman of color to take that title, to take that gold medal. And, again, just phenomenal. And she had every reason to give up on that journey, if you know her story. And so I think uh-huh. it's so important when you do study these athletes that have achieved something that's mind-blowing to really get into the weeds of how they did that. You know, it wasn't that they just showed up and they were there. And the same thing with entrepreneurs that are able to, like, kill the game. You know, it wasn't like they just showed up. We never hear about those times with, you know, year one and two or month two and three or year four and five where things were horrible and, you know, people Mm -hmm. were quitting or they wanted to give up. We don't hear about that, right? We just hear about, oh, they got another championship or, you know, they're making X amount of millions of dollars. And I think those early days are so important. Um, Ryan, go ahead and share one of your favorite athlete stories. I will. But before I get there, I want to address something you said. But could you mention the um, – it always feels like, it seems like the, the end result and the amazing stories. And I, I've heard this before, and I was listening to a podcast today that just kind of re- reiterated it. And they were talking about, you know, peak performers. What all peak performers know is whenever they're learning something new, it's always um, mm-hmm. crawl, walk, run, right? And, and that's mm. the same process that everybody goes through with, 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 when they're learning, right? It's, it's all about everybody starts at the beginning, and, and, and it's gradual progress. And it's those hours of, of practice, of struggle, of, of failure, and, and getting back up and trying again, that persistence, right? Um, like, like that is really like that persistent pursuit of your potential, right? That really mm-hmm. is um, like that's the process of it. And so – you're right. It, unfortunately, everybody sees the, you know, 
amazing in result, but they truly don't understand how much time, effort, uh, you know, toil and struggle was put into achieving that, you know, perfect 10 or 9 point whatever that they got. So, oh, I, I just thought that was something that was important to mention within the context of your story. Um, so, yeah, no, yeah you know, so one of my favorite favorite um, athletes of all time, because I'm a huge football fan, has been Tom Brady, right? I mean, it's not his story is not unknown. You know, six round draft pick, like no one, like the pick, like 199. You know, no one ever expected him to. I mean, ran a god awful 40, like looked terrible in shorts, like like no one ever yeah. expected him to do anything, right? And here he just, you know, went to his tenth Super Bowl and won his seventh Super Bowl, right? And before mm-hmm. before him, the most Super Bowls by any one quarterback was four. So you want to talk about, like, lapping your competition, right? But what I find as remarkable or more remarkable than, you know, all these achievements is more what he's known for having, like, in effect, his effect on his teammates, right? And, and you know, mm. it, before he went to Tampa Bay, it was always, is it is it the coach or the quarterback? Was it New England? Is it Brady or is it Belichick? Like, who is more important? Who's more responsible for, you know, these – six championships with them. And um, you know, it's, it's a good question. It's, it's really hard to separate. But one thing that came about after um, Tom won uh, his, his first Super Bowl at Tampa Bay was, you know, that team wasn't that changed um, this mm-hmm. year from the year before, pers- personnel-wise. But all the personnel will tell you the reason they went from a losing record to not only having a winning record, but winning their first Super Bowl in 19 years was because Tom came in and changed the mindset to, you know, we might win this game to we're winning this. Like, no doubts in our mind. Mm-hmm. And, and it just mm-hmm. shows mm-hmm. the power of, of, of leadership, but the power of, like, that mindset, right? Like, like this, this having right. the, the pure, unadulterated faith that, like, no matter what's coming, we will handle this, right? And we'll handle this together as a team, as a unit. And, of course, he's, you know, does so many things beyond just that. I mean, from like how they practice, you know, how they're professional, like all that kind of stuff too. But that, but that to me is just like that, like that, that mindset, that will is what took him from no one ever thinking he was going to play a quarterback at all to, you know, probably the greatest of all time. And, and what that, what that shows is like the power of, of, you know, the, the, the power of the athlete, like you're talking about, it, you know, it's setting those goals, it, it's practicing every day, it's establishing those habits, you know, it's working on um, getting up every time you're knocked down, it's working on improvement, you know, it's all those things that we talk about that we that we try to teach our kids through sports, and you know, he is the shining example of when all of those amazing um, lessons that we want sports to teach, what when they come mm-hmm. together what can be achieved, right? And, like, that right there, right. to me, is the athlete mindset, right? It's all those – because what it is, is it, it's basically the athlete mindset is is resilience. It's what it is, right? Because success in yeah. life is all about resilience. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's, that's what it teaches. That's what sports teach. And, um, yeah, so that, that, that's yeah. what I really like about Tom. <clears throat> no, I love that. And – I watched the Super Bowl, and I will say it was fun. it's funny that you mentioned the whole thing about mindset with Tom Brady because I remember sitting and turning, you know, to my sons and my husband were watching it with with me, and I said, 
you could just see the difference in their mindsets. Like, this team just looks like mm-hmm. they're owning this. You know, like, they, yeah. it was, yeah. I mean, they're, obviously they made it that far. They're both extremely talented. So it does yeah. come down to mindset. And you mentioned resiliency. And one of the things I talk about is persistence. In order to be yep. persistent, you have to be resilient, right? And so you had mentioned yep. also failure, which is the first um, the first thing that I had mentioned in terms of the four things we'll talk about is conquering failure. Yep. Entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. if you could remember this this term, fail fast. Like, be okay to yeah. fail, but just do it quickly. You know, if, if something yeah. isn't working, yeah. listen, pivot, you know, get a mentor, figure it out, and be okay because... You didn't really fail at anything. You just learned what didn't work. So it's just getting you closer to what is going to work. It's just getting you closer to that right path, you know, the right invention, the right project. And so, again, going back to mindset, like shifting the fear of failure to embracing the concept of I am learning something new. I am eliminating and filtering Mm -hmm. out what I should not be doing. This is what this process is about. And we've talked about this in some of our earlier episodes is about the journey. So, you know, conquering failures, it's, it's that F word, <laughs> you know, fear, failure, the F word uh-huh. really can make the difference between, you know, c- accomplishing your dream, executing an idea, or just walking away. And I, I put it first because I meet so many, and I've been there, you know, you, oh, yeah. you do the whole self-pity pity party and, Oh, I'm horrible, blah, 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 you know, when you fail. And then, you know what? Go through it. Go through the motions and then get over it quickly. Mm-hmm. And say, all right, well, I learned something. Let me see what else is going to work. And so yep. conquering failure right. is something that you should consistently, we talk about that word, persistently, consistently, consistently work on. What are your thoughts? It, it's so funny because, um, you know, I think a lot of that fear of failure comes from, you know, our education system because, in theory, every assignment, every test, every whatever, you start with 100, and you essentially work your way down. And so by by every mm-hmm. question that you mm-hmm. miss or every mistake that you make, and that really mm-hmm. creates a lot of anxiety in a lot of people, right? Um, and, and back to the crawl, walk, run thing, when you look at a small child that is learning to crawl, and, and especially when they're learning to walk, Think about how many times that kid fails. They fall That's on their right. butt, you know, that, that, that they can't coordinate their feet and their hands. And I mean, like, like, but that whole learning process is a series of failures, corrections, and new attempts, right? And that's okay. how humans have evolved to learn, right? And so, like, this fear of failure in some ways is, is, is crazy and irrational because that's not how humans learn. Humans learn through through trial and error, and once you, I, I guess, know that, acknowledge it, accept it, and like really embrace it, that that's just part, like this, that's just part of the learning curve. You know, failures always hurt, but when they're expected on some, expected might be the wrong word, but when they're not a shock anyway, you know, it's so much easier to deal with because your your mind's already kind of like it's primed for it, and then now mm-hmm. you have a good plan. You can pivot accordingly and try something new. So I think that I that's, think that's right. important to acknowledge as well, as far as reframing. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree, and I love the example you used. And that's a great leading lead in to our second point, which is challenge yourself. And yeah. you know, 
If you're on a team, it may be an individual sport or a team sport. There's been times where you've been pushed past what you thought was your limit. Uh-huh. <laughs> your coach uh-huh. or your teammates, you know, encouraged you and, and to go beyond what you think you can do. And that is exactly what you need to do when you're an entrepreneur. I'm just going to read this quick paragraph from the book. Um, triumphs help build self-confidence and motivation. Only when you challenge yourself to reach for the highest peak in whatever you do, discover the harmony between your longing to succeed and your inclination to challenge the status quo. I'm just going to jump down. Defining growth objectives for yourself is an extraordinary method to add some adventure into your workday and improve your talent and aptitude. Setting records and breaking them will only motivate you to grow as a creative entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I love that. I totally agree. I mean, it, 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 so, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, where you're growing, it, it's so easy to get discouraged, right? And and it's kind of like, it's almost like gamifying the system by like setting these challenges, but, but it really, it, it's weird. Humans are motivated when they're working towards something, Right. And mm-hmm. and if you're not if you don't have that goal to work for you know that that direction that you're shooting for, uh, you you're, humans are kind of lost. Like we kind of just you know found right? Like, right. And so like you're right, setting those goals, you know, having something to work for, like like that really is how you push yourself beyond because you're looking for ways to achieve that goal, whether it's learning learning a new skill, whether it's putting yourself out there to, to make those contacts or to learn how to public speak or, um, you know, whether it's ma- making, whatever it may be that you need to do to accomplish that goal. If you didn't have that goal, you wouldn't do that because humans by nature kind of like the status quo because it's safe, right? But anytime you learn something right. new or try something new, there's that element of risk, right? And the risk in this case would be failure, which you know, unnerves people, Right. So, again, by getting kind of comfortable with the fact that, you know, everybody fails and, you know, you're probably, you're probably going to have a, at least a hiccup along this journey and that, but yet learning comes from those hiccups, comes from those failures, comes from reevaluating and trying something new. Um, it kind of, if it doesn't at, at the very least give you the courage, it at least gives you the intestinal fortitude to stick through it when things, you know, don't go according to plan. So, um, did I really you just say intestinal fortitude, Ryan? I did. I did. I, I could have said more truly if you would, if you would have uh, if you would have preferred. I thought that was a little more easy way of saying it. I did. I did. The intestinal fortitude. I'm gonna have to remember that phrase. <laughs> what would you have preferred? Um, um, yeah. Uh, let's. This is a good. This is a good time to break for our sponsor, and um, we're going to cover one more point before we take a question from our listener. We do have a listener on the line. Um, so let's let's break for our sponsor. <laughs> I'm laughing over at <laughs> <so far too>. Um <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Pink Kangaroo, the home for wild thinkers. If you are a podcaster and you are looking to take your show to the next level, then Pink Kangaroo is for you. It's a place that brings like-minded individuals, those that think outside the box, together on Pink Kangaroo, and that's kangarooWithAU.com. If you're looking for support, if you're looking for strategies on how to launch, grow, and monetize your show, then definitely check out PinkKangaroo.com. Our team is here to help you 
get your stories out there to your listeners. All right, that's it for our sponsor. And let's let's cover one more topic before we bring on our listener. Yeah. I mean, yeah, bring on our listeners to ask a question. And you had mentioned risk, right, and resiliency. Mm-hmm. And those two things, I think, work really well together because, again, as an Along with the of fortitude. Yep, yep. And it's along with the test of fortitude. <laughs> you, you, you have to take risks. You're creating something that doesn't mm-hmm. exist. There's no yep. one that's taken this path, you know, exactly the way you're doing it, right? I mean, you could be a fashion yep. designer, but what you're creating is different and how you're doing it and where you're doing it and who you're doing it with is completely different from the next person and the next brand and so you are like on this journey that can seem so frightening and so lonely but mm-hmm. you have to be willing to take that risk you have to be willing to just look at this journey this um, experience of entrepreneurship as literally laying one brick at a time and mm-hmm. it helps me anyway sort of not get overwhelmed by that big picture because most entrepreneurs can see you know, the finish line, they can see that, right? And let's just look at a marathon, mm-hmm. for example. You know you're running 25 miles, and you walk the course, and you're like, okay, boom, there's the finish line. But you may not know what you're going to encounter on each mile, you know, to that finish line. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself, the unknown, may stop you. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs get sort of, uh, what is it called, paralysis due to fear, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I do think it's, again if this is something that you're choosing to do or is this something you've already chosen to do, be okay with taking risks. And as Ryan had said earlier, that resiliency, that persistence, you know, failing fast, looking at it as a learning opportunity, is going to help you be more courageous in taking those chances. Yeah. And, you know, it's, 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 it's always funny because, um, I guess I've always looked at things differently. And like the prime example is to talk about entrepreneurship. So many people tell you that, you know, starting your own business, starting your own thing is so risky. Um, you know, like, and it scares people. And it's one of the things that keeps people, you know, in jobs for forever. And um, I've always kind of looked at it the other way around. Like, you know, it's really not that much more risky than a job because any of us can be fired at a job at any time for any reason, whether it's, uh, downsizing or mm. poor performance or bosses yeah, didn't like you or point. whatever, right? And so, like, you know, right. like, like people talk about job is like security. Well, no, it's really the illusion of security. And the thing about the entrepreneurship mm. thing is, like, there's no illusion of security there. And people love that illusion of security. It, it just makes them so comfortable. And and so, like, my argument's always life is full of risk, right? It's it's just mm-hmm. it, it's. I guess knowing what types of risk you're comfortable with and then accept going with those types of risks. Right. So, you know, Mm, I I, by nature, I'm kind of a gambler. Mm -hmm. I I don't like to gamble, but I'm kind of a gambler when it comes to making decisions. And, um, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes it works out great. And sometimes I have, you know, massive, massive, like, you know, total wipeout, like embarrass the hell out of you, like you, your family and your ancestors type of failure. Right. But, um, <laughs> you know, but, don't, you know, but, you know, but I, I, I learned a lot along the way. Right. But whereas, you know, just because you don't take those, like those type of risks, maybe, maybe you just, maybe try to minimize as much as possible, but you know, you're still going to have risks. They're just going to be 
it's just this this way. Everybody has risks that bother them more than others, right? They say it's all about accepting what kind of risk works for you. And and like I said, and also standing, understanding what kind of you know really risk taker you are. And some people just are comfortable small risks, and some people are comfortable big risks. And once you know which one you are, then those are the type of risks that you take, right? Because if you're uncomfortable, here's the other thing: if you're uncomfortable, you will not perform well once that decision is made to take well, that risk. Well, you know risk. what? I'm gonna. I'm going to jump in there for a second because we yes. hear a lot about, you know, stepping outside your comfort zone. And so yes. I want to, I want to return to that after we take our um, a question after a listener. And when you said take risks that you're comfortable with to an extent, I think in the beginning, that's okay. But if yeah. you stay within that little bubble, you know, are you really going to go that extra mile, you know, take that leap of faith to take your business to the next level. So let's hold that thought. Um, yep. I'm going to challenge you today. See, listen. Um, <laughs> oh, I have an answer for that. I have an answer for it. Hey, hey, I, I, I love challenges, but I have an answer. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna address that answer when we get um, when, we're, when we're done with uh, answering a question. What we call listener. a Darren, teaser in the welcome, <laughs> Darren. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. How's it going, guys? Good. Going good. well. Thanks for thanks for calling in. My pleasure. So do you have a question on wake, awakening your inner athlete or developing an athletic mindset, or is, is there something that you would like to share? Um, my first question for both of you would be um, what actually awakens your inner athlete or mindset because you actually, mm-hmm. you know, feel that drive, that power that, that you can exceed because outside the sports world, because I was an athlete myself through high school and college, Actually, still am um, in a another sports arena. But what actually awakened that in you after you left your particular sports arena and decided to develop, um, decided to delve into um, entrepreneurship? Ryan, you want to take that first? Yeah, I can do that. So um, it's funny that you say that. So I never had to reawaken my inner athlete once I left the the sports arena, but. There are definite things that within my current arena that definitely like stoke the flames of passion, right? And so, um, for me, it was it was finding what type of career path that I could really utilize my inner athlete the way I wanted to. So that was part of it for me. And then once I found it, what really currently stokes it is I is when I learn something new that I can now apply, like, to, to, to my clients, right? And, and that, to me, is just so super exciting because I can now take that information and then when we're, when we're in, like, coaching sessions, because I, I end up on a lot of creative phone calls. So I get to now use what I've learned in a creative manner to help my clients achieve their goals, change their life, you know, whatever. And that's really what, and like, because it's what um, – Awakens my inner athlete because because not only my inner athlete competitive but part of my inner athlete happens to be like you know leader and helping people achieve their goals helping the team the team achieve their goals it happens to be kind of part of my just you know athletic makeup right so that's really what currently um, awakens my inner athlete is is learning something new and cool and exciting that I can apply to my life and to my clients awesome yeah and that's actually that's actually. A really great question, Darren. Uh, thanks for asking that. And yeah, you know what? I think mine is. There's two parts to that. And I was thinking, I was like, hmm, that's such a good question, and like a bunch of 
answers um, went through my mind. But what um, I would say two things. One, having been an athlete for so long, I absolutely love working with a team. And so building the right team with the skill sets and the chemistry and the skill sets and, you know, using strategy to do that really excites me. And when they're like hitting it, you know, just like, um, you know, just like on a sports team, if everyone is hitting what they're supposed to be hitting, then you're going to win the game. Right. And so I love to see that momentum and growth when you have that right team put together and figuring out that puzzle, because it very much is problem solving. And, you know, at this piece almost fit. okay, let's figure out another piece that fits better. So that's something that really motivates me because it, it takes me back to those days of being an athlete. Another thing too, is having a goal that's bigger than myself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I've done individual sports. I ran track. And so you have your individual medals. I've done gymnastics, you have your individual medals, but then I also did softball and, and I've done volleyball. And even with the team sports that were individual and you still had a team win or score, the bigger goal was, did the team win? Like that always felt better to me than if it was just me alone that took home that medal or that trophy. Mm-hmm. And so that was a bigger goal that was outside of myself, which really pushed me, which really motivated me. And I, I love that, you know, having a team spirit. I have a, a child that's in um, a college sport right now, and I'm that parent in the stands with the big letter, you know, with the pump. <laughs> I am that parent that's yelling finger. and screaming. <laughs> Waving it. <laughs> and but it's it's the collective it's you know cheering on for that bigger goal you know and that i think also helps awaken my inner athlete i hope that helps darren yeah that really helps that's really uh really clarifying and um there's two different aspects of what actually awakened your inner athlete and made uh things more complete for you that's really cool yeah. Did you have another so question? You said you were... that... Yeah. Yeah, because I myself, I was an athlete through college. Um, I was a cheerleader in college, and I, you know, I my last competitive competition I think was two years ago, three years ago. Um, and if I can't, if I can't, I'll, I'll compete again. I'm age fifty, and I think I still got what it takes Woo! to at least what? do all my do all my skills <laughs> as far as uh, stunting is concerned. Tumbling, you know, I can throw a back tuck here backhand swing and stuff like that but um um i love what i do i actually i woke my inner i guess entrepreneur well i I guess i started in college i started um teaching and training and doing choreography in college for high school teams and programs and i developed that into a little side business until i realized it was my passion even though i went to school um for exercise physiology and neurobiology and I went back for my master's in biotechnology. Um, when I was working for a pharmaceutical company, I really found out that my passion was actually, you know, being involved in the cheerleading world, which is quite a big mm-hmm. world, but most people don't realize because they look at other sports. But um, I decided to start my own business there um, in 2004, and I've been running ever since. It's quite successful. I travel internationally. Um, I, I, you know, I work with the Russians and. Uh, the Belarusians, as well as other groups in Europe and in Jamaica, um, in Canada, and different countries like that. And I really love what I do. And uh, my passion for it caused me to work really, really hard and dig deep. 
because um, to start a business from scratch in a niche where the business never yeah. existed before um, took a bit of time, but I was very happy and satisfied with the results that came from it. And the irony is That's you're probably awesome. getting a lot of, like, the reverse thing that women get, like, you being a male in, in a very female-dominated sport, I'm sure in some ways, was a little bit hard to get over, too, as far as teaching, you know, that, like, you know, about, like parents accepting you as a teacher of a bunch of young women. I wouldn't be surprised if Actually, that was a hurdle in the beginning. Actually, for me, it really wasn't. I coached throughout college. I was okay. very, I guess I'm more like a father-like figure, um, and I really would try to mentor the young women as much as possible. And a lot of guys mm-hmm. actually get into cheerleading at a later age than um, girls do, and they actually stay longer um, okay. into older age and coach. But, um, yeah, I, I, I've noticed that, you know, young women lose their confidence between the ages of 12 and 14. The self-confidence, you really have to... Yeah. Yeah, you really have to um, teach them that they can be strong, they can succeed, and be confident and trust in their own abilities and grow yeah. um, as a coach. And that was one of the things I really love to do is help these uh, yeah. young men and women believe in themselves and grow their goals. So it's kind of fascinating. Actually, more men get into cheerleading in college, and then they continue longer in the field, you know, because they compete and actually coach. Um, I mean, they're, most, they're mostly female coaches, but there's a large um, – population of men coaches male coaches excuse me that you would expect um because the sport at the younger age is definitely dominated that's by women in the world. yeah that's no that's really interesting i didn't realize all those statistics as well in terms of when you know male cheerleaders actually enter the sport and so you said you were an athlete also in high school what sports did you do in high school i played football baseball and ran track and field so talk about taking risks, right, right, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your question? So I was going to say, talk about taking risks in terms of going from a very traditional sport, three uh-huh. traditional sports, to non-traditional, and then applying that to entrepreneurship. Because as you said, you were creating something that was in a new niche, and you had to do something that you know most people weren't doing. And when you were creating your business, your coaching business and consulting business in the world of cheer. And, you know, I think that's a great example for our listeners. And if you are passionate about something and you do have, like, that bigger goal, that bigger, you know, what value are you providing, right? If you, you know, most entrepreneurs are doing something because they want to solve a problem. And typically it's a problem that they personally experience or someone close to them has personally experienced. And, and so it's that problem-solving, it's helping that community or that individual, you know, that keeps you going through the, the challenging, you know, those challenging days. And, yeah, you may start this idea and it may completely fail. You know, there's no guarantee, right? And so it's, it's important to know that up front and be willing to take those risks. Thank you so much, Darren, for sharing. And, um because you had shared so much wisdom, I'd love for our listeners to also know how to follow you and get in touch with you. Do you have a website or, or Instagram handle or social handle or, that you want to share? Um, my Instagram is uh, BigD2000X. Um, right, cool. My yeah, BigD2000X. The company I run is called Planet Stunt. If you want to email me, if you're interested in you know, mentorship, choreography, and so forth, and cheerleading, email me at BigD at PlanetStunt.com. And... You know, my website's down because it's being refurbished. So those are the two places where you can reach me. 
And, uh, cool. you know, I love what I do. If anyone needs help or guidance and so forth, and, um, I'm more than happy to help. I've been involved in industry since uh, 1989. So I guess that's a, a bit of time. But um, I love, I'm passionate for the sport. I love helping out the young athletes and coaches and training and developing the best way I possibly can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for joining our show and asking such an informative question. And definitely stay in touch with us. Feel free to call in on a future episode. Listen in every Friday night. And, again, thank you so much, Darren. Thank you for having me. Take care. Yeah, thank you. And so, Ryan, I'm going to have a really quick battle with you because we still have one more topic that we have to cover before we wrap up the show. (laughs) Going back to your point about being comfortable and my challenge to stepping out of your comfort Uh zone. So you said you had an answer. What was that answer? Yeah, so, um, you know, when you're talking about that, I agree because people do get in the comfort zone. And, and by, by what, what I was kind of talking about is, like, you know, it's – everybody talks about getting out of their comfort zone. And and just because – I had my answer. I could have answered it much better <laughs> five minutes ago. Um, yeah, I know. It's, it's happens when you focus on uh, the actual caller, right? So – I agree. You have to get out of your comfort. You have to do things that you're not comfortable with in order to grow, right? And, and that's very true. But if and, and usually what we're talking about there are, are things like public speaking if you're afraid of public speaking, networking if you hate networking, you know, making ten cold calls a day, that kind of stuff. That's what most people are talking about when they're talking about getting out of their comfort zone. When I was talking about the risk thing. You know, if you're if if you're taking a risk that you feel is too big, right? And by the and by that, I was thinking something like, um, you know, starting a business and you're taking a hundred thousand dollar loan and you freak out with debt, right? It, it debt just does not jive with the way you were raised, and it just freaks you out. You know, that right there is probably going to prevent you from being at your best day in day out from a creative standpoint. From, because you're always worried about that debt that you have. Like my mom is an amazing employee. She does amazing work. She would be a terrible business owner, mostly because the debt would just stress her to death. That's all she would be thinking about. It would it would be like one of those like constant auto plays in the back of her brain, twenty four seven. And she would she would okay. not be happy. She would, she would live a miserable life, and her creativity would suffer. <laughs> right. Because it's, it's, yeah, no, it's hard to be creative. It's hard to be creative when you're scared, right? Like, like fear and creativity don't work well together. And so that's kind of what I was talking about by by knowing what kind of risk you're willing to take, it, it, which I'm glad right. you okay. challenged okay. me because okay, it allowed me to clarify what I meant, right? So does that kind of make yeah, more no, sense now fair. based on what I'm saying? No, it does. No, it does. It does. I, I, I agree. I think that you – want to you want to push yourself and challenge yourself like we said yeah but you don't want it to be you don't want it to be to the point where um anxiety becomes that gripping force that leads you as opposed to like you said that creativity so let's quickly just wrap up with the last topic be truthful and um i'm just going to open up really quickly with the with a couple of the sentences in the book aim to be open and honest in all your business dealings Never try to portray who or what you are not. Untruths can quickly ruin your reputation or tarnish your brand. So I want to tie that back into Awaken Your Inner Athlete because Mm -hmm. if you think about your 
most popular, well, I would say you think about the most popular athletes today and or think about your favorite athletes, you know, most of these individuals have great reputations. And their character, their, you know, how they dealt with people, how they dealt with their sport really helped elevate them above their peers. And so I, I, I want to, you know, stress how important it is that that character, that, you know, having that strong character, being transparent, being truthful, how important that is as you grow your business. And so I know this is something, Ryan, you and I were talking about, um, you know, earlier today was like, okay, what does that yeah. have to do with being an athlete? And we'd love for you to chime in um, really quickly here. Yeah, so, you know, it really boils down to, like, you know, character and integrity as far as, like, we're talking about as far as being truthful. But really, it, to me, it's integrity. And what integrity is is that your, your, your thoughts and your actions match up, right? And so, you know, if you mm-hmm. can get your if, – if your thoughts and actions are matching up as far as that, like, I don't care what it is, whether it's an athlete, whether it's, you know, a business person, and, and, these, and your actions are, like, you know – they're positive, they're team building, they're, they're, you know, keeping your customer in mind. All of those things are going to work better, better, sorry, work together to build that reputation that you're talking about. Um, and, and, and really like lead you toward, it leads you towards success, right? Because, you know, right. right. You're going to, you're going to have failures, you're going to have setbacks. And if you treat people well, you know, if, if you do the right things, People are going to be there to catch you and lift you back up, right? And and that's kind of what you're talking about because, you know, humans are amazing BS detectors. Like we can we can detect inauthenticity inauthenticity. Say that three times fast. Mm-hmm. Um, really <laughs> well, right? Yeah, it's a tough word. That's so, right. um, you know, if you can be true to your authentic self, not only are you going to perform at a higher level. But you're going to resonate with people that you that are, are you want to resonate with, and they're going to be much more likely to help you, you know, when the chips are down. And that's, that's exactly what a team does in sports. That's yeah, yeah. Like who's going to support a team member who's just a jerk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Put it out there. But um, <laughs> this is so much fun. I can't believe you know uh, an hour has hour flown by. by already. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Darren, our, our our listener who's called in. If you have any questions, definitely check us out on BBS Radio, and you can find our show page. There's a call-in number there. Um, if you haven't already, get your book, Unleash Your Supernova. Download and subscribe to the podcast, Unleash Your Supernova. We are so appreciative of you joining us again for another evening of our live show. Thank you so much, Ryan. It was a ton of fun. and As always, it was. As always. And I guess I'll, I'll see you next week. Yeah, have a great week, everyone. All right, have a great week, guys. <laughs>